I'd like to take our thought or theme today. We honor those that are here and we honor those that are on vacation that are enjoying this season. We're glad that they're able to celebrate and rejoice as we this morning have celebrated and rejoiced. There are some that drove quite a distance to get here today, but no one traveled as far as Raquel Ostabauer. She came from Anchorage, Alaska to come and, and share a couple of days with us. And we're so honored to have her a part of our body many years ago and still in relationship with the church. Two beautiful children. Hopefully we'll see the entire family before too long. But we are glad that you are here today. We are glad that you're a part of a great country. I really believe this is the greatest country in the world and I believe that men and women who have given everything that they have to make sure it's the greatest country in the world, we honor them. We honor those today that are in our schools that are preparing to step into the area of politics or step into the area of leadership. We honor Christian schools and Christian colleges that are raising up a standard of godliness and a standard of hope. There's a quote, I believe, from Alan Burke that simply states, evil prevails when good men do nothing. And our churches are full of good men. Our churches are full of good women. Our churches are full of good, good product. But we have not yet been able to take the goodness of our church and be, share it with the nation and the nations of the world to let people know there is a God and he is a good God. He honors good. He punishes evil. And I thank God today that I hope that I'm on the side of good things that are coming from God. Are you not glad today that you've been blessed and that God has blessed you and touched you? We, we nonchalantly shake our head because none of us have ever been to a third world country. I visited Port-au-Prince, Haiti numerous times, dozens of times, several trips to Haiti, only to find a city that has absolutely no running water, no septic system, no electricity, and there are 70,000 people in the country of Haiti in a little place called Sydney Simone, little New York, where it is literally a dump where people that are starving to death bring stuff and throw it away. And there are 70,000 people that survive on the trash that comes from that dump. Not just once, not just twice, but almost every occasion when I visit North Africa or visit Haiti, I leave that country with absolutely nothing. I give away every suitcase, every tape player, every shirt, every shoe, every pair of socks, every recorder. There's just something about going to a country that has absolutely nothing. And then we come to a country where we throw away more food today. We could have fed the entire world just the food that we will waste today in our restaurants and in our homes. Somebody nod at me like you're paying attention. As we look at Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, we know that God is going to make us aware of a couple of things. He's going to let us know that things happen sometimes because God sovereignly allows them to happen. There are nat natural disasters that will take place. There are calamities that will take place. There are things that will happen that just happen. Bad things happen to good people. But there are times in God's word when God will allow things to happen to touch not the world, but the remnant. And I believe that as long as there's a remnant that's not afraid to pray, a remnant that's not afraid to support, a remnant that's not afraid to get a hold of the things of God, I believe our country has a chance. This is the second time that God will appear to Solomon, 2 Chronicles 7, if you'll bring, bring your attention to the 12th verse. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, 
I have heard your prayer. Look at somebody and say, God listens to our prayer. And I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. We know that David was a worshiper, was a praiser. He raised Solomon up to be a worshiper and a praiser. A house full of musical instruments. Hired people 24-7 around the clock to praise and worship God. Dustin, how would you like the job of just eight hours a day? You make $100 a day just praising God for eight hours. That's, that, that would be yours. How many like to be a, how many get a job in that kind of market? That kind of, that, that's, that's how much David saw the importance of prayer. He hired worshipers to praise God around the clock. I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now watch this. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, three judgments that God declares that he has brought to pass. Because he's angry with us or disappointed? No. Why is it? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven, for I, will, I, will, for I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. What a promise from God. God made us to enjoy his presence. God made us to be praisers and worshipers and to pursue his plan for our life. But there are times when nations of the world get distracted by wealth or by tragedy. There are times when nations of the world will not look towards the things of God. So God will allow things to happen cataclysmically. God will allow things to happen throughout the world and it will touch the heart of the church. When the tsunami came one afternoon and washed 250,000 people away in death, nations began to pray. When we saw Desert Shield and Desert Storm, when we saw the, the probability of war being declared, grandmothers and moms began to pray. There have been times in our life when things that have happened that have got our attention off of the, the distractions, but back towards the things that God wanted us to be focused on. We're placed here upon this earth for a reason. God said, I blessed you so you can bless others. Our life should just be a well. It should be a, it should be a river. It should be a spring. It should be something should come from us that blesses those around us so that they would want to be around or have the God connection that we have. I will spend this afternoon not with church family. I will spend this afternoon not with relatives and friends. I will spend this afternoon, this evening with a family who are self-proclaimed atheists. They've all acknowledged to me they believe there is no God. They did buy a lottery ticket. They did win the lottery. They did win $3 million. They are renting both sides of, of my duplex. And they asked several weeks ago if I would come and enjoy the fourth with them. I intend to. I'm going to make a gallon of banana homemade ice cream. I'm going to take an ice chest full of Dr. Pepper. And I hope that's what they will drink while I'm there at their house this evening. But I believe that God puts us as the light of the world, the salt of the earth, to touch the hearts of those who are hurting, regardless of how much money they do or do not have, and let our light shine to such a degree that we would become contagious. I believe God wants some of us 
Some of you look like you've been sucking on green persimmons. You gargled with vinegar and got baptized in bad stuff this morning. You, you look sad. You, you, you look like you look, bless your heart, you look like you lost your best friend if you even had one. But some of us are excited about the fact that God loves us and that we're a part of the family of God. And maybe we will just rub off on somebody. Instead of them rubbing off on us, why can't we rub off on them? And that's what God declared. When things begin to happen in life, this seem to be dismal or dark or disparaging, then it's time for the nation to begin to pray, or a remnant, his people. He said, if you, if you pray, if you pray, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land. You may or may not know, but America right now is sick. Uh, let me say that again. You may or may not know right now, but America is sick. And a modest or a conservative estimate today of prescriptions that will be filled before the day is over in the area of any opiate, hydrocodone, oxycontin, Valium, Percocet, Lortab, things of that nature, one Walgreens today will issue at least 200 hard drug prescriptions today. One Walgreens. We have eight to ten medical facilities here in town that sell drugs. They prosper by selling drugs. We went through a phase in Claven where all we built was churches. And then went through a phase where all we built were banks. Now we're going through a phase that all we're building are pharmacies. Not at me if I'm, if I'm, if I'm getting your attention. If one Walgreens will, will do 200 hard drug, and this is coming from Charity, who works at a Walgreens who has the ability to make that assumption, that if one is, is serving 200, then we can assume that there are at least a minimum of 1,000 hard drug prescriptions filed today in this city alone. We are America the medicated. We are in trouble. Our kids are in trouble. Our families are in trouble. If you were to watch the recent edition of Alice in Wonderland, it's no different from the first edition of Alice in Wonderland. She takes a pill that makes her grow. She makes a pill that makes her hallucinate. A child was taught at the early age of 10 to do drugs. This is a scary environment in which we live in. Our nation is in trouble. If I were to ask you today what you were doing the day that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated, there are some in this building that could tell me immediately what you were doing. I was in third grade. I can remember the school. I can remember walking out to the car as I had every day that day of the school year where my parents would pick me up. I remember that day for the first time in my life I ever saw my dad cry. Dad and mom were crying when they picked us up. I, I didn't understand what was going on. We went home, and for the entire afternoon and evening, late into the night, we watched black and white television in shock as we realized somebody, not a foreigner, not an enemy overseas, not a terrorist, but one of our very own citizens took the life of the president of the United States. Since then, there have been three attempts on the presidents of the United States and maybe many more that we are not told about. I can remember that day when America was rocked. I can probably tell you exactly what I was doing, where I was. I can't tell you exactly what I was doing, where I was. I was watching headline news. 
And as I, as I was laying there on the couch, about 9 o'clock, 9.30, all of a sudden the, the news media immediately flashed to one of the towers where it seemed as if accidentally a plane had crashed into the tower. And as we watched and saw the horror of that plane still embedded in that tower and, and the building begin to catch on fire and people begin to jump out of the windows to try to, to, to get away from the, the, the intense heat, all of a sudden another plane hit the tower. And immediately right there in our spirit, we realized that America was pregnable. America was penetratable. America was vulnerable. And on that day where 3,500 precious people died, many firefighters died, gave their life to try to spare a life, we realized that we are now vulnerable. We're now at an area where we are under attack. We have been under attack for years, but on that day, the nation began to realize there's something we need to do. And I don't think it's all in negotiation. I don't think it's all in peace talks. We've been talking to Iran for six years. And they, they've managed to put us on the side. They've managed to say all the right things. They've done absolutely nothing to stop their nuclear warfare process. But yet, but yet as time goes by, our politicians think that they can negotiate. A few days ago, Israel has decided in the West Bank to build 900 apartments to help families in, in Israel live there in peace. Our president got on the television, made the statement that their decision was dangerous. Can I tell our president of the United States something? Israel is a sovereign state that's ruled by God, and they don't need our permission or anybody else's.